Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It is the replacements here on a football Friday. Live from the Planet Kia Studios here in Charlotte. As we get you guys closer and closer, you hear the music. And if any of you guys are longtime college football fans, you know it's time to talk a little college football. And we got to start, of course, uh, talking about the college football playoff. But before we do that, let's let's talk about a little bit of the action uh, that we've had uh, from the ACC so far, uh, the ACC and bowl games, uh, it has not been great. We talked about the other day, I believe we talked about it Wednesday before Carolina's bowl game, uh, or really just a slew of bowl games for the ACC that day, um, starting out. And Carolina, you know, they lose their bowl game here. Uh, you had Boston College, who found a way to win the Wasabi Fenway Bowl yesterday in horrendous conditions. But Rutgers gets a win over Miami. NC State falls in the Pop-Tart Bowl to Kansas State. And the ACC is now 4-5 and five in bowl games. Not the greatest look for a conference that it feels like a lot of people are wanting to see fall apart. And from the inside, here as fans of teams that are in the ACC, appears like it will eventually fall apart. Um I mean, is this like, is this something that is concerning to you guys? I mean, I got to be honest. I think with the bowl stuff, in terms of like the overall records for teams in the conference, I don't really know how much you can factor that into the perspective of a conference. Because look at how many guys are out of some of these bowl games. It's different teams that are literally playing that have been playing the entire season. But it certainly is, is, is pretty interesting that the ACC has gotten off to this slow of a start to bowl season. Well, I would say for me, it doesn't matter as much as it did 10 years ago. Yep. So I agree with because that because we're having so many opt outs and not saying that's a bad thing. It's just, it is what it is. Uh, so you just kind of have to take it for what the situation is. But uh, technically you could also say the ACC is technically four and six because we had an ACC versus ACC matchup yesterday. True. In the Wasabi Fenway bowl with uh, SMU playing Boston college, but uh, not necessarily. There are some games that are more damning than others. Like I thought, uh, you know, North Carolina not even being close and just the way they played was not a good look for them. Miami yesterday was pretty damning for the U. It's like Mario Cristobal once again is you know another Miami coach not living up to the hype that these people keep on giving Miami for some reason because they want Miami to be good instead of you know actually letting this stuff play out. Uh, but that's a different conversation for a different day. And, and Louisville, too. Like, I mean, for as great as they were this year, yeah. it's clear the last two weeks, last three games uh, prove that they got were so good because they had such an easy schedule and were avoiding some of the biggest schools throughout conference play. So, I, I mean, in certain cases, there are revealing stuff, but, and, but in some cases, it's like, eh. Like NC State yesterday, I think people don't realize how good uh, Kansas State has been over the last two to three years. And when you're without 
some of your best players on defense, it's like, yeah, okay, makes a little bit of sense. Plus, you're overhauling the offense for next year for NC State. Yeah, it would have been tremendous if they were able to get their first 10-win season in the last 20 years last night, and they still had a legit shot. But at the, at the end of the day, you're focused on trying to get 10 wins heading into 2024 when you have a lot of stuff on the offense, more stuff than what you've had over the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I I think it's it's kind of twofold because on one hand you've been kind of embarrassed and like I mean Syracuse got shut out by South Florida forty five nothing, North Carolina in their own backyard their their fan base couldn't even show up they get blown out by West Virginia. You mentioned what Miami was doing against Rutgers like what the hell was that? But the ACC will finish with ten teams posting a winning record. That's the second time in the playoff era that happened. They had 11 do so in 2016. The SEC has done it three times, 2014, 2015, 2018, and no other conference has done it in the last 10 years. Mm. So even though they're having a bad bowl season, you're still going to have 10 teams with a winning record, which leads you to believe that the football, there's better football being played than what the media is telling you that there is. Like, is it the best football conference? No. But I do think that you could make the argument, despite not having a team in the playoff, top to bottom, this could be the third best conference in the country behind the SEC and the Big Ten. Oh. Because does the Big 12 have this many winning teams in it? No. No, not top to bottom, but there are teams that were better this year than I think. Like, nobody thought Iowa State would be good this year. That, that was a great job by Matt Campbell. So you got some teams in the middle. West Virginia, I don't think many people thought they were going to be good. Clearly not. They were picked up their own fan base. And the other, the other thing that you do have to factor in in the Big 12 is that you have teams that are going from being group of five teams that are moving up and playing in their first year. Now, I mean, some of those teams weren't bad, but, like, we watched Cincinnati play. That's a team that right now, I mean, coaching change, they, they did, you know, they lost a lot of guys that they recruited during the time that Luke Fickle was there and going to the playoff. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's close. I think it's pretty close between the two. I'd probably still lean Big 12, but I mean, yeah, the ACC, the other thing that you have to look at with the ACC and, and, and sort of take into account, you know, the two blowout losses. I mean, look, Carolina, not great. You, you definitely don't want to see that. Although that game was more competitive. If, if, if that team finds a way to actually convert on any, I mean, they had eight opportunities to score. They, they crossed the 50 yard line eight times. They scored on two of them. So, I mean, it was a game that if you watched it, it was closer than the final score would have told you Syracuse. I'm not reading anything into Syracuse. Like half the guys on that roster ain't even going to be there next year. They had a tight end, a, a former quarterback that was converted to tight end, come back and play quarterback. Yeah. Dan Valeri play. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing like that one. I am not really putting any style. I know South Florida isn't great themselves, but that was a team that honestly, I mean, the guys that were out there, they were playing just because they were getting an opportunity to play. Um, NC, NC State, uh, there are two to me that stick out. NC State is sort of a damning one because I get what you're saying. They had some defensive players that were missing, and that's a factor. But I didn't – I mean, when you're playing a team in Kansas State who had lost – I mean, they have lost a, a ton of significant contributors on the defensive side of the ball. Their two starting corners were out for this game. They did not have starting quarterback Will Howard – 
that was one that I think state fans probably felt like going in they were going to win that game. So that one I think probably stings. The Miami one is is really rough, not because of who you lost to, because I think Greg Schiano is doing a, a really good job. I think to a certain extent, probably a, le- a little bit of a lesser extent, he is very similar to Matt Rule, a guy that went to the NFL. He is so built for the college ranks, and especially that job. He's done such a great job there. Miami, the thing that was unbelievable to me was they got off to a, a slow start. Then they race back and take the lead and look like, okay, Miami's got control of this game now, and then fall apart late. I just, that that one that one really shocked me. I will say for the two negative notes that you mentioned, there are also two positives I okay. think you can take away from bowl season for the ACC. One, I did not expect Georgia Tech to be this good in year one with Brent Key. I know he did a tremendous job as an interim last year. Definitely. But for them to make a bowl game for the first time in over five years, and for them to win it, I don't care who it was against. It was massive for them to get a bowl win once again. Central Florida is a good team, man. Yeah. They beat the hell out of Oklahoma State, who played in the Big 12 title game. So, yeah. And it's showing that Hayes King was actually a pretty good quarterback. It's just he was in a bad situation at Texas A&M. Also, and I know my host is trying to keep himself calm and not over-exaggerate, uh, over but the way Virginia Tech ended the year and by also winning their bowl game, first bowl game that they've won in over five years, is big, especially and not only because they won the ball game, but but it's because almost everyone is returning of note. Kyron Jones returning, the whole receiving core returning. You got your DBs, essentially most of the DBs returning. That is what makes that bigger. And I'm not saying they're going to be a conference favorite to win next year, but I feel like they could be the dark horse for a lot of teams, for a lot of guys to say, hey, I don't think they're going to win it. But look out for them. Yeah, I, like I mean, they, they they could be a team that you know is picked third in the preseason next year. And if we get our preseason poll and it's Florida State, Clemson, Virginia Tech, or Clemson, Florida State, Virginia Tech, it it, it it'll be a good thing for the ACC. Those are your three best programs right now. Or you know, his, even though Miami has the national titles, like in the ACC, Virginia Tech's been a better program than Miami has been. And so if you get all three of those programs back nationally ranked week in week out it'll help this conference's reputation and, and i'm with you because i asked him yesterday and i was like i was like so is, is is 10 win bailey back and he's like i'm i'm trying to you know i'm trying to hold hold back my you know, but maybe eight wins maybe but like because like yeah i mean i watched that game they kicked Tulane's ass and i hate virginia tech but it's better for our conference when they're good on the football field the other one, I think you got to give credit to Boston College too. I know SMU is without their starting quarterback, but that that was. And granted, they were in their own backyard, but that was a team that got a lot better as the year went along. Thomas Castellanos is a very solid quarterback. So yeah, there's there's things to build off of for the ACC. I think the thing you want to see have happen, like. I'm not really super disappointed with what we've seen so far from it. You want to see him finish strong, though. Now, I will concede they are not winning the Orange Bowl. That's not happening. But be funny if they did. I mean, that would be that would be unbelievable. Like the line now. Have you guys seen? It? It's like sixteen and a half, seventeen. Oh my god! With all the guys that are out, that's it. So, uh, they're, that's, they're, but how they're not going to score? They're going to lose thirty-eight, forty-five, nothing. It's not going to be close. Well, I mean, look, Vegas lines never really get that big. I mean, especially when you have two teams that are, one, ranked inside the top six 
and two, really even power five competition. You very rarely see a spread that's like it's plus uh, 24 or something like that. So nine, 19 and a half. 19 yeah. and a half. So it keeps growing. Yeah, so yeah. everybody's on Georgia. I don't know. I'll say this. If I was a better, put a little money down on Florida State. It's a good thing you're not well, a better. Yeah. Well, 19 and a half. Actually. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. 19 and a half. You're going to make money. Like, you're making money. Everybody's picking Georgia. So why? I don't know. But, like, I don't think it's going to happen. But the other games, look, if they can find a way to win a couple of the other important games that we have left, Clemson, I mean, that would be huge. Then I think you can still feel like, okay, pretty solid bowl season. I guess we'll find out because well, Clemson plays in 48 minutes and you got the Orange Bowl tomorrow at 4 o'clock. So yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's so, right. Yeah, yeah, for some reason I kept for some reason I thought it was New Year's Eve. I'm like, no, that's not right. Yeah, it's Saturday. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean we'll, we'll know when we come back on Tuesday the ACC's bowl season fate because we'll, we'll you know if, if 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 they split over the weekend, you probably feel a little bit better than you do right now because you're you're you have one premier brand getting a win and another one getting blown out and embarrassed. All right, well we spent a ton of time talking about the ACC there. Let's really quickly shift to. The semifinal games on Monday, I, I mean, this to me, I, I think the f- they, they have the potential to be two really good matchups. I think you'll probably see one blowout and one really good game. I want to believe that the really good game will be Washington and Texas. Those two offenses going head to head. I don't believe that will be the case, though. I mean, are you guys with, I think Alabama will find a way to get past Michigan, but it'll be an entertaining game. I think the luck runs out on Washington, and I think Texas lays a smackdown on them. It's, it's hard for me to believe that that Washington team is going to get blown out. Um, do I feel like maybe they've, they've, they've run out of oxygen, they've run out of energy? Yes. I think Texas wins because I think Sarkeesian's just built that program to a point where now they're ready for this moment. I don't see a way that Michigan-Alabama doesn't deliver. I mean, this could be the best semifinal game we've we've ever seen. Um, and it feels like it's Michigan's time. Like, if, if Harbaugh can't get it done this year, he's probably never going to get it done there. Third straight year in the playoff. Second straight year, you're undefeated going into the playoff. And this is maybe the worst Alabama team we've ever seen in the playoff. Like, if, if you can't beat this Bama team... You're probably not ever going to beat them. And so I think Michigan wins an absolute classic in the Rose Bowl to set up a Michigan-Texas final. I actually agree. I feel like Michigan is going mm. to edge out Alabama. And the reason I say that, I wouldn't have said that last year and I wouldn't have said that the year prior, but it's because I've, I still think Jalen Milrow still has some work to do as a quarterback. He's made some massive strides. And it's the fact that this Michigan team is so veteran-laden. Almost every single key player from the last two years decided to come back when most of them could have just gone to the NFL draft and started their careers as a pro, but they decided they wanted to come back because they wanted to win. They felt discouraged after the way they lost to TCU. I think they'll learn from that and they'll be able to win. Plus the last, if I'm not mistaken, the last time the Rose bowl hosted a college football playoff game, it was at the time, the greatest college football playoff game ever. It was the uh, Georgia Oklahoma game which was a complete shootout. Yeah, when it was in the actual Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah, because the Rose Bowl was Notre Dame-Mamma was in Jerry's world, which made all kind of sense. Yeah, it it, well, you know, I'd I'd like to forget that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that – I feel like this has the makings of a good game. I – 
for some reason, I can't trust Texas or West Washington because I'm like, well, Texas has been in some close games that they shouldn't have been in. But then I'm like, well, a lot of those was without uh, Quinn Ewers. And also Washington's been in a couple of close games that they had no business being in. So I don't know what to expect, but if there is a blow, I honestly feel like we have a better chance of seeing both semifinal games being close and the final game being a blowout, kind of like last year. I don't think it'll be as bad as last year's uh, final game where Georgia was eating chicken on the sidelines, up 60 points over TCU. But I think we could see a blowout in the finals after having two great semifinal games. I think if Washington makes it there, it's very possible it could get blown out. I don't – I think Texas is built to compete with either one of the teams that they would face. That's just me personally, especially if Michigan gets through. Because I, I don't see Michigan playing two flawless games in the playoffs. I think it would be bumpy in the national championship game. They could still win, but I don't know. Now, really quick, what is the one that we're rooting for the most? I, I personally want Washington to make the final because I love the story. And I mean, I guess I'm pulling for Michigan. I don't really know. I, I, I frankly can't stand either one of those teams. So, yeah, I guess Michigan-Washington would be the one I'd want to see the most. Oh yeah, no, I I I want Michigan Texas. That's the national title game. I want two premier brands that are going through national title droughts. That's the game that I want. I want Michigan Washington. Okay, give me an old school type of early '90s feel to the game. There you go. There you go. I want Mark Brunel on the sidelines, baby. All right, send in your predictions for the college football playoff semifinals. Also, tell us which matchup you want the most in the national title game. We'll read some of those later on in the show. But when we come back, it's time to turn our attention back to the Carolina Panthers. And look, Jacksonville, the Jaguars, they're a team that's struggling a little bit right now. But... Is the recipe that they've used to get back to being a team that's in the playoffs and that some people early in the year thought was a threat to win the AFC, is that something that the Carolina Panthers can and should copy? We'll talk about that next here on The Replacement Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the replacements, Flounder, present, Fitty, nope, okay, uh, Smoke. Great to be on, yeah. There I mean, you go. I mean, we're, we're doing a roll call? Yes, that was what I was doing. Shrop, 
present. There we go. By the way, does Shrop know what See, the, Shrop, the- Shrop understands what's going on. But you two guys, you just off in a different space. Smoke's actually probably looking something legitimate up. I don't know what. I don't nah, know what he's just scrolling. He's just well, death he, he, scrolling oh, Twitter, dude. Here's the, here's the problem, though. I don't think Stroppy knows the meaning of that song or what was originated that song, Jump by Van Halen. Okay. I, mean, I definitely know the song. Uh, not uh, Van Halen, but uh, lead singer. Oh, gosh. David Lee Roth. Yes. He was watching a guy... Uh, Jump? Yeah, bridge. Jump. And he's like, might as well jump. Very dark meaning to this song originally. Boy, that really brings me down because this is one of my favorite Van Halen songs. Yeah, you, didn't know that, you didn't know that's how he came up with the lyrics. I gotta be, I did not. Did you know that Panama is about a car? I thought it was about a canal. Uh-huh. No, it's about a car. Well, that's not the, could have also been about the country, but sure. Okay. Any other interesting uh, music no. facts? <laughs> no, you're out? All I think right. That's all I got for right now. All right. Well, the Carolina Panthers, uh, let's get into their game against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. You missed an opportunity. You said we could uh, jump into the conversation. Oh, there we go. Oh, come on. Yeah, that was that was poor. I'm, I'm not I'm not the best uh, in transition offense, apparently. <laughs> um, but look, the Panthers with a chance to take down Jacksonville. Ruin, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. There is a chance for the Panthers to play spoiler yet again. But even still, even if, let's say, the Panthers do find a way to play spoiler, and even if the Jaguars were to miss the playoffs, it really is amazing where this Jacksonville team has come from even Trevor Lawrence's rookie year when they had Urban Meyer as their head coach. I mean, Doug Peterson has done a tremendous job. It shows you that Doug Peterson really is one of the better coaches in the league with what he's been able to do. The fact that they have the expectations that they have in that city, um, I, I think that's that's something that, you know, here, Carolina Panther fans would like to be able to get back to that because right now, the expectation level for Carolina Panther fans is pretty much can you show us some sort of life in each game so that we actually want to keep watching the game that's on television or are we just going to say up ah, not our day we're turning the television off that's where you're at as a Panther fan which is amazing considering where some of this franchise's highs have been two Super Bowls the thing is though you look at the blueprint that Jacksonville had to build back. They took a quarterback number one overall, Trevor Lawrence. He struggled a little bit out of the gate his rookie season, three and 14. Um, you know, d- definitely look at the touchdown interception numbers, wasn't great. And now, you know, they, they're coming off a year where they went nine and eight, won a playoff game. And now they have a chance to make the playoffs yet again. They win this game. Is it that if they win this game, they win the division? I don't I, think that's the case. Okay, there's like it's like I think three teams in the AFC South are all at eight and seven. But it would still put them in a really good spot and right. a chance to win that division yet again. And look, earlier in the season, we were talking about this team as one that could potentially factor in in the AFC if there is any way they could possibly get Trevor Lawrence somewhat healthy. You would feel like they would have a pretty legitimate shot. So the question is, is this? kind of grow a quick grow up what you think could be possible for Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers is this a blueprint that you think the can the Panthers 
are capable of executing. I'll start with you, Smoke, because you said earlier, a little bit skeptical about Scott Fitterer, if he stays in place, that the Panthers would be able to be contenders again really quickly. What do you think, though, is this is what Jacksonville has done something that the Panthers can sort of emulate? I think in some cases they could look at some of the stuff that's happened and say, all right, we can take a little bit of this and take a little bit of that. It's a little too early, in my opinion, to look at what they've done in draft. I know they had a lot of draft picks this past season, but they're all rookies, so it's kind of hard to tell. But like uh, Trayvon Walker, he's not really worked out, I think, the way that they were hoping for as the number one overall pick. But one of the things that I feel like we learned, I remember you go back to the first day of free agency for the Jaguars in uh, 2022. So after the first year of Trevor Lawrence, they made a massive contract signing for Christian Kirk to the point where people Mm -hmm. were like, what the hell are they doing? This is one of the dumbest things ever. Turned out Christian Kirk was a a very good wide receiver uh, for the Jaguars. And, you know, he's turned out to be one of their mainstays and been one of Trevor Lawrence's favorite targets. I think you might need to overpay just a little bit for one of these wide receivers if you want to get them. Even if they may not be the best, they they still could be very good. And you can get one of those wide receivers, overpay for them a little bit, and then you could reap the benefits. Also, what I, another thing that's really played huge dividends for the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence's growth has been the fact that they got a tight end. Evan Ingram finally found himself in Jacksonville. He always oh, had, of course, he did. He always had the potential in New York. He just had a little bit of the dropsies. Yes, and now he's finally found his role with the Jaguars. And then they signed him to a one-year prove-it deal, and uh, then you know signed him to a big uh, deal this past offseason. So I think that's the way you kind of go. Maybe take a chance on the guy that you wouldn't usually take a chance on. It's a low-risk move as well. And then you possibly reap the benefits and signed them to a long-term contract for one of these weapons, potentially. I mean, look, the interesting part, right, is you've got to make the right moves as a front office this offseason if you're going to have Bryce take that type of step in year two that we saw from Trevor. Because the weapons that Trevor has are clearly better than the one. I mean, Smoke just laid some of them out right there. You've got a good running game as well, or one that can be good at times. I know it's not; it hasn't been the greatest so far this year. I think it it's all about, and, and look, I mean, it, Trevor Lawrence also saw his coach fired in his first season there, but the thing is, is that they made a tremendous hire. I don't know, and maybe you guys disagree with this, I don't know if there is a guy out there that the Panthers can hire that would inspire as much confidence as Doug Peterson, because I always thought Doug Peterson was a, was a really good head coach in Philly. I thought he got... He he took the blame, and I didn't really understand it, but I thought he was always a really good coach there, led the team to a Super Bowl. So, I mean, I, I just, to me, can you find that type of coach? Maybe it is a young guy, but that's going to be the ultimate thing, finding the right coach and putting the players around Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing you got to look at is that should you expect this type of turnaround that you, that you saw in Jacksonville? No, but it's possible the NFL is the league you see the most teams go from worst to first. You might see it in baseball depending on, you know, the way a team spends its money, the way, you know, their farm system grows up like in Baltimore, but it's possible, right? And they did it while missing on the number one overall draft pick. So, like, that's another thing that you're like, okay, we've missed on some draft picks, but if we nail this draft and we nail two or three free agent signings at the skill position, uh, at, the, at the skill position, 
maybe it's possible. And then you mentioned the hire that could inspire this type of confidence. I go back to Jim Harbaugh. Like every guy that guy, everywhere that guy goes, he builds a winner. And everywhere he goes, he gets really, really good quarterback play. No matter who his quarterback is, Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick. You look, you look at what he's done at Michigan. Look what he did at Stanford with Andrew Luck. Um, like you, you're telling me, if 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 Dave Tepper convinces him to leave college, leave his alma mater, comes and he comes to this franchise, you're not going to come to that guy can get the most out of Bryce Young. Like that's where I'm at. Like to me, like as much as I would be interested in hiring Bill Belichick, because when you're when you when you're the Panthers, you just can't say no to the greatest coach of all time. You at least got to make the phone call. Jim Harbaugh is the hire that would inspire the most confidence on a level like Doug Peterson did when he got paired with Trevor Lawrence. Well, to me, Jim Harbaugh's ahead of Bill Belichick for one reason and one reason only. In order to get Belichick, you got to trade for him. Well, like they just is, signed him to an extension, so he could easily get fired. I see. I don't. Are they going to actually fire him? Like to me, my thing is, I believe Jerry Jones fired Tom Landry. You don't think Robert Kraft would fire Bill well, Belichick? Jerry Jones is clearly a dumber overall person, I think, than than Robert Kraft. Well, then wow. again, at the time, at the time, I mean, Tom Landry was at the end of his run. I, my thing, though, is they just signed him to the extension. Do I think if they hadn't signed him to the extension that they would have potentially fired him? Yeah, I think that was possible. But here's my thing. I, To me, L.A. is going to make that call, right? They will They will trade assets to get him as their head coach. Because I, I, I feel like in their minds, they've got the quarterback. They have a lot of pieces in place. And they feel like they just need a coach that someone can actually believe in because Brandon Staley, I mean, how in the world is that guy inspiring anybody? Like the dude literally could not even coach the side of the football that he was a coordinator on. So Bill Belichick would inspire confidence there. It's a, it's a much to me, it, it, it's a much better fit for Bill because late in your career, you don't want to have to go through a rebuild. Jim Harbaugh would be interesting. Maybe to me, like the reason I don't, I, I think that every time and why I ask the question of who is that guy I don't think there's any – I don't see him leaving college. I just don't. I, I think maybe – like, w are you rooting for them to win the national championship? Because if he wins the national championship, he's kind of accomplished everything he can accomplish in college, right? Well, yes, I am because I am a closet Michigan man. They okay. are my second favorite school. If you're a Panther fan, are you rooting for them to win the national championship? Yes, because it, it opens the door for him to leave. Because, yeah, he has a natty. He restored the program to national prominence. And the guy, like the guy wants to be in the NFL. Like he's flirted with the he's flirted with returning the last two years. They offered him a major contract extension with an NFL clause in it. Because they know the guy wants to be back coaching in the pros. And so yes, I I think he wants to be back in the NFL. It's got to be the right job and maybe the right price, which is where, you know, Daddy Warbucks and his money comes into play. Because Dave Tepper can pay him whatever he wants. But is Carolina the right job for him? That's going to be the bigger question. I mean, I, I got to tell you, for him, this has got to be up there. Because, I mean, we haven't really heard him tied to the Chargers. I mean, maybe maybe you guys have. I haven't really heard that name come up for them. Now, nope. it's going to be this job in the Bears, I think, would be the two most attractive. And the thing about the Bears job is they have to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. Well, it looks like it's, I mean, all but settled that they're not going to keep Justin Fields. 
it feels like the early scuttlebutt right now is Justin Fields is going to get traded to Atlanta this offseason. I mean, yeah, if they do that, okay, you get Harbaugh in. Harbaugh then gets to pick his quarterback. Now, that that's probably the one thing that you're worried about. I will say this, though. Like, there's pressure on the next coach that comes in here to win. There's pressure for him to develop a guy like Bryce Young because you spent the first pick on him. There, it is nothing like the pressure in Chicago. I mean, Chicago, they desperately want a winner. That fan base is starved. This fan base is too, but that's a big city. So maybe Jim Harbaugh would look at this and say, eh, it's, you know, it's it's a little bit of an easy media market to come into. The expectations are probably a little bit lower. I could immediately turn this team into a contender where, I mean, look, I don't know. Do we think that there's long-term staying power for the Lions? I would probably lean no based on hist- uh, based on franchise history, but I, I mean, I think the NFC South might be more attractive to them. So yeah, I mean, I could I could see arguments for both sides, but I don't know. To me, if if you make that higher, then yes, I think you could probably feel pretty confident about Bryce taking that step forward. Now, GM, I mean, th- that move that move has to be made in order for this to have any chance, right? Like, are we feeling like we're at that point with Scott Fitter, or are we still giving him the benefit of the doubt that Rule had final personnel say up until this year? I think it's one of those situations where you can't go half measures. you got to go full measure and completely just eliminate the, the, the only front office guy, just eliminate and start fresh with a clean slate because you haven't done that yet on both GM and coach at the same time. Yep. I think the one guy that probably will stay in the front office, like the one key guy, is Samir Suleiman. Outside of that, I think everyone else, that's a key member. Fitterer, Morgan, so on and so forth, they're all gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, he was, you know, was he handcuffed by Matt Rule? Yes. But you look at this draft, you look at free agency, I think there's enough X's there, enough misses where you can be like, okay, maybe you're not going to be the guy moving on or moving forward. So you, you fire him, you hire Cam to be your team president. You find your GM to pair with Jim Harbaugh, and then and then and then you start anew, and it's a beautiful era of, of Panther football in Carolina, because that's the one thing you got to do. You can't fire a coach, and then have the GM hire another coach, and then just keep like you know what you got to do it full, all the way 100. percent You fired Frank, fire fire Scott, and and and, and, and find a new uh, marriage between front office and GM. Well, the thing is, right? He hasn't done enough to make you say this would be a regrettable decision. Even if you feel like, okay, it's not all on him, we still feel like he could be a good GM. He's not doing such a great job where it's like, there is no possible way we can fire him. And since you fired the head coach, because you can't get into a scenario where you hire, I mean, even if it's not Jim Harbaugh, let's say you hire uh, Ben Slowick, the offensive coordinator from Houston, and you know, he is part of the decision-making process, but then you realize, again, another poor draft, guys don't pan out. He makes another trade or two that just has you scratching your head that doesn't work. You fire him at the end of next season. I mean, then you're right back. I mean, you're in the same spot of we are firing somebody every single offseason. And is this new GM that would come in next year going to mesh with the guy that came in the previous year. So I think you probably have no choice. You're kind of trapped into letting him go. But at the same time, I don't really know if that is the worst thing. Um, And ultimately, I mean, if you, if you nail 
these hires. Front office is clearly a lot harder. I know there are some names that have come out that have people intrigued, but clearly we don't know as much about the front office guys as we do the head coaching guys. But if you nail both of those hires, I think you're going to have a chance to take that type of leap, even if you don't get to 9-8. and eight. Maybe, and in this division, it's certainly possible. But even if you can get seven, eight wins, be right in the thick of it, maybe even sneak into the playoffs as an eight-win football team next year, I think you you would consider yourself pretty lucky, and you, you, you'd think that's great development for Bryce. I mean, right now, the, uh, as much as uh, winning is the most important thing, everyone knows that. Of course. The two things this franchise needs more than anything right now is stability and identity under David Tepper. Because they've had neither during his ownership. Absolutely. And I feel like Jim Harbaugh is the type of guy that would bring both stability and identity here. Um, and you get him with the right GM, you know. Then because like if 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 Jacksonville, if Detroit, if Cleveland, if these sorry half-ass franchises can do it, then wow. I think I, then I think this franchise that has gone to two Super Bowls. That has, you know, a lot of good history and it's, you know, less than 30 years in the NFL. There's no reason why they can't turn it around as quickly as some of these other places have. All right. Yeah, hopefully we'll see. We'll see. Big offseason again for the Carolina Panthers. Still waiting on the decision on Scott Fitter. But, uh, of course, plenty to talk to this uh, talk about this offseason, even though the Panthers do not have that number one overall pick. Speaking of a lot of other things to talk about. Let's go to Shrop for a little shropping it like it's hot. Shroppy, what you got back there, brother? All righty, gentlemen. So we had talked about the college football playoff semifinals that are happening uh, happening on New Year's Day. But there is some other college football games happening on New Year's Day. Uh, if you wake up feeling hungover, just want to watch some football. Hell yeah. We have Wisconsin and LSU at 12. Liberty in Oregon at one, and also Iowa and Tennessee at one, and uh, the five o'clock game between Alabama and Michigan obviously doesn't start until five. So if you want to watch something else, give something else a try. You can give the old NHL Winter Classic a go. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, dude, you were doing so good. Starts at, starts at three p.m. You can just some have something to have on the TV until that Michigan Alabama game starts. It's the Golden Knights and the Kraken. If you've never watched a Winter Classic game, I highly recommend it. It's so cool to see them play hockey outdoors. It's going to be Kraken, isn't it? In a, in a baseball, it'll it'll be a pretty cool environment because it's in. Uh, uh, T-Mobile Park. That's what it's called. I was going to say Safeco Field. That's what it used to be a uh, long time ago. But, I mean, we saw the All-Star game this year for baseball. Very cool. Um, that'll be a cool environment. But, I mean, I don't know. The other – those other games that they're playing on New Year's Day, I got to be honest. Don't care. I, why are they playing them on that day? Play, Play them earlier. on Saturday. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, let them have that stage. It it just it doesn't make sense to me at all. Well, no, let them play. They could even play them on Sunday. No, that's the NFL day. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah, there's no games on New Year's Eve this year, right? So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just to me, well, you'd have to move up other bowl games. That's the thing. You got to start some of these other bowl games. You got to have these games be played earlier because yeah, we've just now this will be the second straight day where we'll see four bowl games on at a time. But yeah, cramming. Games like that, I mean, what's what's the most intriguing one out of that? I, I mean, the New Year's Six Bowl game is probably the most intriguing. Oregon and Liberty, 
But I mean, even that one, like I don't it know. It feels I'm, like Oregon's going to boat race them. I mean, it's possible, but I will say this: I think Liberty will put up a fight in that one. I know, like the argument yesterday, uh, Brad Crawford of Twenty Four Seven Sports said that SMU's performance. Uh, and I forget what other team, Tulane's performance maybe that he yeah, pointed to. Yes, Virginia. Uh, he said that that's the reason why the group of five shouldn't be in the college football playoff. Yeah, let's not wait until the team that's actually in the New Year's Six Bowl game uh, plays for that uh, for, for the group of five to make a judgment on that. So, uh, we'll see. Appreciate you, Strop. Great stuff uh, all week, brother. And uh, when we come back, it's time to shut this down. And you know how I have to do it on a football Friday. We'll pick the game between the Panthers and and the Jags also give our closing arguments on the way out. You're listening to The Replacements on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The final segment of the replacements for 2023. We'll be back next year. This has become our week on the station. This is where we finally get a little bit of uh, hosting airtime. And next next year with, with Christmas Eve and Christmas Day being during the actual week, we might get a whole week of the replacements. Ooh. So, uh, looking forward to Christmas 2024. Love the gifts. Love the airtime even more. So, we got a lot to do in the final segment. We got to pick the game. But before we do that, we'll do our closing arguments, a little feature we've done in uh, all three shows this week. Smoke, I'll let you go first for your closing argument of today's edition of The Replacements. All right, look, we're going to uh, go with two to Hornets, uh, who unfortunately lost again last night against the Lakers after a pretty entertaining first half. Uh, wheels fell off pretty hard in the second half. But one thing that I feel like we should do no matter what is as bad as the season's gotten, and even though he's not played in every game, the fact that Brandon Miller continues to shine and continue to be efficient at his age and for him being a rookie is a tremendous sign for what he could become and should give the Hornets fans some hope heading into the future uh, to next year and beyond and could make this job more desirable than people may realize having both Lamelo and Brandon Miller. So got to appreciate Brandon Miller for what he's been doing, averaging 38.5% from behind the arc on five attempts per game and nearly 44% from the field uh, while also nearly averaging 15 points for and nearly four rebounds 
per game. So it's just exciting to see that the Hornets might have actually gotten the last uh, first-round pick under MJ correct. Uh, my final uh, closing argument for today, it's got to be that the Pop-Tart Bowl is the reason why you should still be excited about some of these smaller bowl games. I mean, the marketing for that, absolutely insane. I, the, I mean, look, I we have seen some amazing mascots. Is there one more entertaining than the life-size Pop-Tart? I mean, just unbelievable. When he walks up behind the ref and slaps him on the tush, I absolutely lost it. That was an unbelievable moment. Um, him coming out of the toaster to begin the game, then going down into the toaster while holding the sign about dreams do come true and then tossing it up as he's going down. I thought it was just all around outstanding. I thought they did a tremendous job with that. I, I think like with the Mayo stuff, we've seen it. We've seen it over and over again, it's right? Where they all, where they all try the Mayo over. Like I feel like you got to kind of get creative. This was new. Maybe this will eventually wear on us. But I thought last night they absolutely nailed that, and that's the reason why some of these bowl games they might not be the most entertaining stuff on the field. Although that game turned out to be a pretty solid one, but man. When, when you can find a way to get a sponsor like that that can be that entertaining, it really does make it a great experience. Really right. quick, did y'all hear Peyton Wilson's uh, favorite Pop-Tart flavor? No, I did not. Blown, well, did you hear what is... what? Like, this is legitimate? I did not hear this. Yeah, no, they interviewed her during the game. I didn't hear this. Oh, of course they did, because he was uh, sitting out like a quitter, right? Well, we can't say that our quarterback didn't play in our bowl game. Oh, I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying that's what, we were, that's what we were told about all our players that opted out. So, so his, his favorite Pop-Tart flavor was wild berry. Is there oh. a worse Pop-Tart flavor? And is there more appropriate Pop-Tart flavor for a player from NC State? Cause like when he said this, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense considering your haircut I'd imagine you like wild berry Pop-Tarts. Well, I would say the appropriate flavor for NC State fans would be probably cut grass. But uh, that was I that was awful. Mo- most mostly like you on air this week. Uh, wow, bro. I uh, I'm trying to think a worse flavor because that's basically grape, and oh, it's horrible. I, I'm not a big fan of that, but I also don't think it's that uncommon. Like I've seen some people have uh, wild berry. Like it's not like if you get like the blueberries, the worst. That's I think. not the upper. That's not the upper echelon pop tart. That, that's the worst pop tart. Yeah. Oh uh, no. Not I think over. this is more of your your NC State hatred showing. More uh, s'mores. I'm not a big s'mores pop tart guy. Yeah. It, it s'mores has to be heated up. Like if it's toasted, like an actual s'more, not bad. You can't eat it straight out of the package. Doesn't don't don't they have an unfrosted apple? Well, there is just like a whole line of unfrosted Pop-Tarts for like the health nerds out there. Well, that's the thing. The unfrosted, like especially like unfrosted strawberry. Like, dude, I'm not really that big of a strawberry Pop-Tart guy. Like, it's all right. It's definitely not my favorite flavor. But unfrosted? Okay, no. No chance I'm eating that. Smoke, what is your favorite Pop-Tart flavor? Chocolate fudge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I need a cigarette after thinking about one of those. Oh I did not see that to go with that way. Oh, smoke. I nothing turns me on as much as food does. So yeah, a chocolate fudge pop tart. I'm 
I'm horny. But by the way, wow. Hey, so I, I looked at a list of the worst. What? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get. Oh, no. I, I, okay, I'm trying to go through some of these. Uh, so someone put together the worst eleven uh, pop tart flavors. Number eleven. Okay. Wild grape. Oh, so maybe wild berry isn't. I thought that was okay. Wild right. grape. So that's the one I'm thinking of. Not great. Frosted crisp crisp apple. That's I a pop tart flavor. Never even tried uh, that. Lemon groove pink lemonade. What the hell is what? that? Who's Dude. eating that? Unfrosted blueberry. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Vanilla latte uh, by Dunkin' Donuts with pop tarts. That kind of sounds good though. I might be all right. Uh, jo- oh my gosh, Jolly Rancher cherry. Huh? What the hell? Who's eating that? Blue raspberry at number five. Didn't even know that was that existed. Oh. Orange crush. Ew. Whoa, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, peanut butter and jelly strawberry. Where do you buy these flavors at? Peanut uh, butter jelly. Yeah, that's, I've never oh, seen no. these, by the okay. way. Uh, frosted A&W root beer. Oh, oh, I have seen that one before. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. That's I would not try that. And watermelon. Yeah, I don't think watermelon yeah. would be so good. You, so you're telling me Peyton like Wilson has the worst? stuff. I mean, there's no way Peyton Wilson has the worst Pop-Tart flavor. Well, like eight of those flavors I didn't even know existed that you just read off. So. Yeah, those must be like other areas of the country. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. Favorite for me, brown sugar cinnamon. That's no the only answer. I mean, that's number one, right? Shrop, what's your favorite? Uh, The cupcake one. Which one is that? Cupcake? Yeah, it's the one that has like the sprinkles on top. Oh, that's oh, okay. That's 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 appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wow. It's a pop tart. It's not. How can you judge maturity off of a pop tart? This All right. isn't like you're going to a five star restaurant here. This is a pop tart, man. Yeah. Let's go around the room. Pick the Panthers Jags game. Smoke, you're up first. You're gonna Panther up. Yes, I am. Twenty four, twenty one. Yeah. I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but after last week, and just I get this this feeling. Uh, down on my stomach that they they're going to actually win a game and they're going to win a game on the road. Uh, I made my prediction this morning and I had the exact same score prediction. Panthers 24, 21. Uh, well, let's Me make it. Smoke. Let's make it three for three. I have Carolina winning on the road of by the final score of 23 to 16. Oh, look, we made Chris McLean proud today. We're not filling in for his shoes technically, but he's not on the air. It is a Panther Friday. It's a football Friday. And all three of us panthered up. Oh, coming up. Just, okay. oh, no, it's fine. I, I, just, I just don't count. It's fine. I mean, Shrop. I yeah, mean, it's been I'm, the fifth time you've ignored him all I gotta, week. I got to tell you, you're Shrop, you are doing a great job of playing Bordoms Fiddy's don't role make picks. on Wesson Walker. I mean, Bordoms just don't make picks. So. I will not on your show. That's right. What's your pick, damn it? Uh, I'm going Panthers 27, Jags 23. Hit the sounder. There you go. Dang, clean sweep for the Panthers. All right, so we went four for four right here oh, on the replacements. Yeah, my, my voice is cracking. Coming up next, check out and see if Wes and Walker are going to Panther up. They got the game day dubs, the top 10, all that and a whole much more. Keep it tuned right here to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.